the table with Darlene. Thank you for joining us at the table with Darlene this evening. We have such an exciting program. We cannot wait to share this time with you. And what an honor it is to have the gentlemen that are in the house today. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am going to start introductions to you so you know who's sitting at the table. And I will tell you that everyone at the table has a cup of coffee, I do believe. And so you might want to go get a cup of coffee and sit down and just listen because there are things that are going to be said tonight that you want to listen to. Well, sitting to my left is our producer and executive producer at that and director and all that kind of stuff that keeps me going and tells me what for. And Chris Norman, I'm so glad that you are here at the table. I'm proud to be here. As usual. I don't know what we do if you weren't here, so thank you. And sitting right across from him is my husband again. Daryl, you're becoming quite a regular. We've this had you on. Fourth week in a row? I'm going on vacation. Oh, well, so. I'm going with you. So. Oh, it's because you invited him. <laughs> yeah, that's because I invite. I know. Now he comes by invitation. He got his feelings hurt because I didn't invite him enough, so yes. he didn't show up. Chris told me to invite you, so I am glad you're here. We have another Chris here tonight, too. We do, and so I want you, even though even though I don't know the Chris is sitting next to you very well, I, I know that he has such a sweetheart just being around him, and, and, and I love that. So, But I'm not going to take your thunder away for introducing But I want you to know the guy that's sitting on my right, he and I are good friends. Okay, well, you and, can introduce and, him. Then. Well, I will talk to him and about him later, but I, Dan and I are good friends. So you go ahead and introduce who we have at the table. To my left is Lieutenant Chris Bullock of the Farmington Police Department. I don't know how long he's been involved in uh, working in law enforcement, but by looking at him, he's been doing it a long time, and uh, we're glad that he's with us tonight. He is indicating that you're older? <laughs> yes. Was yeah. that what he's saying? <laughs> yeah, the gray's coming yeah. in there. Oh, be nice. I had, like him. Be nice I had the guess. honor and the privilege two weeks ago of uh, officiating yeah, the marriage for his only daughter. Yes. And yes. Uh, Chris beautiful. had a difficult time walking her down the aisle, but we got through it. And yeah, uh, yeah. he now has a son-in-law, a very fine one. I was, I stopped by the other day to talk to him. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I stopped. Yeah, I stopped by to talk, but he was on his honeymoon. Ah, yeah. And so I talked to the other gentleman that was yeah. there, and uh, your wife wasn't there. She was out to lunch or something. That's that's about eight hours a day she's out to lunch. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we won't tell her you said that. But uh, it's an honor to have Chris. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's been in law enforcement quite a long time. I've known him for many, many, many years, and he is the brother of our next guest. Yes. And who would that be besides Dan Bullock? Tell us a little bit well, it about it. Well, it could have been Jibo. Oh. could have been the other brother. Well, this this is my favorite. Can I just say you that? You can say you that, You are yes. my favorite. I, I, you're <laughs> I don't this know. This is the first time Chris, Chris has been I here. don't mean to offend you, but I don't know you that well <laughs> it's yet. All right. it's uh, all right. but, but Dan is my favorite. Well, part of the reason Chris is the way he is because of me. I believe that. <laughs> I believe that. And Dan is our sheriff of, of San Francisco County and uh, a wonderful sheriff at that. And uh, so we're so glad that you're here. We're glad that we get you to sit at the table and Chris to come. What a nice, wonderful surprise for me that you got to show up. Thank you. Having both of you here. They both work such long hours. Yes. Uh, there's no such thing as a day off for uh, police officers. 
law enforcement officers, they, they keep their phones on all the time. I remember the day when we used to have pagers. Yes. We kept our pagers yeah. on all the time, and now it's just leaving your cell phones on all the time. And you sit down and get ready to eat, or you get ready to crawl in bed, or to watch your favorite TV show. The phone rings, and you have to be instantly available. And so it is a 24 uh, seven yes. job, and we appreciate the great work that they do. Yes, we want to say that most of all. We 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 so appreciate you and appreciate the work that you do uh, in the county and in the city that we're in. And and so to tonight, I feel like you being here is going to represent so many that we can't talk to, but hopefully part of your heart will go out to our audience and maybe answer some questions and maybe be able to uh, let us know a little bit more, but honey, uh, tell us a little bit of what you know about yeah, Sheriff Dan inf yeah. information. Well, you know, they see, and I'll come back to that, but they okay. see a side of what's going on that the general public doesn't get to see. Right. You know, they, we, we all get the same news, but they have a little bit of uh, extra news and insight that sure. we don't get, and so hopefully that we'll get some explanations tonight. But uh, I, I've got a real good introduction for you, Dan, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But, but he has been our sheriff in St. Francis County, I believe in January. It will have been 23 years. 28 years. Oh, 28 oh. years. Oh, wow. You, wow. you, you missed, missed five, five years. years. Yeah. Wow, 28 years. 28 years. He, uh, he's the longest-running awesome. sheriff in St. Francis County. and uh, he's uh, Maybe in he's, Missouri? Yeah, where do you see him in Missouri? Not quite in Missouri, but one of the longest in the state of Missouri and, wow. and uh, in St. Francis County since 1823, which is when we became a county, we're getting ready to have it as... as uh, but Centennial here for a while. That's I awesome. know. Yeah. Uh, my brother wow. must be older than what I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, if my calculation is right, you've been in law enforcement over 40 years, right? This coming year will make it 40 exactly. 40 years. That's wow. awesome. In uh, yeah. 2021. Awesome. And, and most of that time, uh, you know, Darren says that Chris tells her what to do. I have two women tell me what to do. One is my wife. Uh, Marie at home, and then when I get to the office, and Daryl knows the princess, <laughs> yeah, princess campaign that runs the sheriff's office. I'm just a figurehead, but she tells me what to do there, and neither one of them let me touch any money. So. Really? <laughs> well, That's I will tell good. you that Chris has someone at home that tells him what to do. Yes, also, yes, she does. and her name is Jessica. <laughs> yes. And and so I happen to be the only woman sitting at the table tonight. Tiffany, she took off because she knew she said, "Well, if they're all going to be there." I'm taking off tonight, so I don't even have her in my corner, but uh, I will speak up for myself and tell you that I definitely am the neck that turns the head around here. Uh, no I want to do that before he said it. Yeah, I, I'm glad to be the head, but I don't get to do much turning, do I? No. Uh, Dan, I, I read something about you that when you were uh, just a child, you loved you dreamed about being a police officer, and I love I love stories about dreams where people dream what they want to be. And if you ask any young boy what they want to be, it's usually a fireman or a policeman, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you would you would uh, as a young child you'd hang around uh, the police cars, and it was always a you, you'd wash them, you'd dry them, you'd pol you'd do whatever you could around the police car. But then I also read where you like to uh, sit inside the police car as a little boy. Pretend you turn the lights on and arresting uh, bank robbers and and criminals and uh, but that was a vision that you had inside of you. It was something on the inside of you was pulling you in that direction. Right. And my my father was a policeman, and when he'd bring the car home, I was out there in it. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was wondering how did how did it? Yes, he was a, a policeman, city of Bonterre, railroad engineer by profession. But when he was off from that, 
He worked as a policeman there and also as a deputy sheriff for the uh, uh, Clay Mons, who was a sheriff here back in the uh, 50s and early 60s, and Ken Buckley then in the, uh, throughout the 60s. So uh, I have his actual commission when he was a... Wow. That's that quite is, a legacy. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Dan also has a band yeah, so uh, called uh, None Other Than the Sheriff and His Deputies. It's yeah. the name of the band, I guess. <laughs> Very and, popular uh, around the area. It is, and, and they yeah. do all kinds of uh, fundraisers and benefits, and they'll, they'll play for funerals or festivals, or they'll pr play for churches. Uh, uh, anybody that uh, likes music and, and wants to uh, have a fundraiser, they don't charge a penny, but they do like to eat. I do know yeah. that. So if you got food, yeah. they'll be there. They'll you know what I like food. about yeah. this and what uh, all we've said, it shows... To me, because of all the bad things that have gone on yes. and all the things that have been said about the police, and I know that there's bad apples and everything, just like there are in preachers, but there are good, too. There are those that have the right heart and the right attitude. And to our sheriff and our local police, they love their communities, and they care about, and I love hearing these stories about the fact of where you touch people. You know, you are in among the people. You you know how to have a good time. We've been to your house at, at some of your parties, like the wedding. It was absolutely amazing. Oh, I have a good time, you, yes. He's a, hand, he's a hands-on. Both of these guys are hands-on people people, and that's, that's what makes them so so popular and, and so loved in this community. Yes. You know something, something else in this community, and I meet with sheriffs all over the United States, all over the state of Missouri, and the citizens here are very much supportive of law enforcement here. Mm -hmm. And it, awesome. it's not like that everywhere. No. no. We, we've been fed day after day after day after day. Uh, we had, they brought us pizza yesterday. They fed us lunch yesterday. Last week we had three lunches bought for us. The week before, like two weeks before that, we didn't even have to go out for lunch because it was brought almost every day. That's so awesome. the citizens of Farmington have been absolutely amazing mm -hmm. to us. I mean, they have... Uh, Treated us wonderful. That is I mean, awesome. Couldn't ask for more. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we have so much support. Of course, you always have some that don't, but uh, for the majority, we have awesome support in San Francisco County and Farmington, where where that's just awesome. County. So it's good support. Yeah. yeah, people are good to us. One of our fine dining restaurants in in Farmington opened their doors last week and yeah, invited the law enforcement officers to come in for uh, a, a free lunch yep. and. Uh, I was sorry I couldn't be there. I had to be in Illinois that day, or I would have been there with you. But uh, I ate enough for both of us. Okay, good, good. But uh, you know, I love to eat there. It's a great place for food, and it's not it's not real cheap. And they opened their doors and said, "Come on in." So and that was sponsored God. by First First State Bank. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So we've got a great community uh, here in in uh, St. Francis County. I, I still call it the Lead Belt area. Yes, and I get corrected all the time. <laughs> and and it is still the Lead Belt here. Yeah. They, they've changed it to some of them change it to the Parkland area, but yes. we're still uh, we're still a, a, a rural community, and I, I think there's a world of difference in the people in a rural community. We find it even in churches how that the rural people are just much more friendlier. They're they're much more seem to be law abiding, uh, civil people than when you get into the urban areas. It's it's, it's a culture thing. It is it sure is. Yeah, I listened to the radio last night, and I was listening to a program. And uh, the, the police officers in the bigger cities, uh, I think they were specifically talking about New York. They love their city. They love their people. They mm -hmm. love their town. But they're not allowed to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And they're being, uh, that's one of the big cities that the budget cuts are coming. And I don't remember the number, but it was like 
million or more. It's a lot. Several million dollars they're cutting out of their budget. But the police officers, they've taken away, in New York City, they've taken away their undercover plainclothes division, which was like Mm -hmm. 600 or 800 officers. That's where you're... That's where your drugs, your guns, uh, your murders are solved. That's, that's where all that's solved, and they've taken that out of New York City. But to hear the other officers, the street officers talk, they still they love their city, they love their people, they love their communities, but it's a group that don't like them. And they, they love their job. And they, they love their job, and they still have support, but they don't have the support they used to have mm-hmm. because so many people have gotten on this bandwagon and, uh, and went after them. Well, yeah. I think that that's mostly a, a smaller group of people, as it is here. And but they make the most noise. Yeah, percentage-wise, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yes, yeah. 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 that's I mean, exactly what you the know. I'm glad just, getting the grease. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad that you said that because there are so many communities that are like our community, a smaller community, and they really do care. And I believe there are just like you said of cities. But because the news media, and there is so much... They distort it, yeah. It's so distorted. There's so much hate propaganda (laughs) out there. And then it just doesn't... The stories don't get out like this. Right. The the stories... But I I believe that more and more people are going to begin to speak up, and the small towns begin to unite more and more and more, and it will eventually get... Because what's happening in these cities is going to bring destruction if it's oh, yeah. not soon. It's already soon. beginning. Like the murder yeah. rate is up oh. in, in, in New York. By nobody's talking about that. No. You're not going to hear that. Mm-hmm. The murder rate mm-hmm. is just uh, double, tripled, tripled, I think, in, in New York. Yeah, it's such oh, a yeah, short it's time. 300 and something percent. This is when organized crime starts to get into place because exactly. there's nothing to stop it. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got an uphill battle getting it back. Yeah. Yeah. Once they talk about defunding the police and you might uh, have read about the brown shirts in Russia when they took the police away and they started taking over. Mm-hmm. And that, as you said, organized crime. And that's exactly uh, what's trying to happen now in New York. That's yeah. what. Yes. That's what will happen, and it'll spread from there. Well, well they're know. smart, and they're going to take advantage of it. Who wouldn't? I mean, in that in that world, I mean, if you don't have somebody opposing you, then you're going to do what you're going to do, and exactly. there, you don't have that balance. And right. then you can follow the money and, and see where the yeah. corruption goes. That's to. exactly yeah. what you do. You follow the money. Yeah. It all leads back. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's going to take it's going to take people that just have a voice and use it, because then we all have one, and we're going to have to stand up. You know, and it's really hard. I I I can't imagine some of these people that are standing up and they're in big cities and they're in where it is so corrupt, and it's so hard. But I really take my hat off to the people that are standing up and calling it for what it is, because. Uh, it, like Chris said a while ago, you know, this is the time for they are standing up because they have the opportunity, and we have our politicians are, are playing right into it. You know, they're getting farther and farther away from any common sense whatsoever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And and the 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 politicians. I'm just going to say it, are part of the problem. Yep. No, I <laughs> oh, know. absolutely. They are part of the problem. And, absolutely. And a large part of the problem because yeah. they're not speaking Huge. up when they should be speaking. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's both sides. Yeah. If, if yeah. They, it's if not they, just one. It's both sides. Yeah. If they don't stand up and proclaim right is, what is right and we've gotten to this place because of taking God out of, out of so many things instead of putting him back in the center and this is where we're finding ourselves and who is standing up? The haters. They're not even really sure what they're hating, but they're hating. Some of them are just long for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, to yeah. be a part of a group. 
yeah. that they didn't fit in. They and maybe meaning. they felt like they didn't fit in a group before, but they, they feel like they fit here. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and we found it with some of the protesters downtown. I mean, there was some that really, I don't think they knew what they were, I don't even think they knew what they were Tell protesting. Tell us a little bit about the protests yeah. and how, you know, they came to town, what, twice now? No, they've been actually here four times. Four now. times. Yes. Well, how have they gone? Tell us a little bit about that. They've, they've gone pretty well, and we pretty well tell them up front, and they've called them, to their credit, called the police chief or whoever in the town and said, hey, we're going to be there in such and such a day, and we're going to start at this time, we're going to quit at this time, which didn't really happen that way, but... They said it anyway, and the police were prepared, and we had as many officers out as there were protesters, but we didn't have a big show of force that kind of stayed in the background. As long as they stayed on public property, and uh, they have freedom of speech, I'm a firm believer in that, and they can say what they want to, as long as they keep their hands off the officers, don't destroy uh, public property, and uh, don't tear anything up. like I say, I'm a big believer in, in uh, uh, people's rights to speak and say what they want to until they go stepping mm-hmm. on someone else's rights. And that's, that's where I draw the line at, and I know that Chris feels the same way, and uh-huh. uh, bleach around here do. It's a, it's a tough deal. We've seen, and uh, Chris can tell you this, we've seen people actually drive down to the protest and let their kids out with their signs that were derogatory towards the police and let them out to go protest and then come back after the protest and pick them up. Oh now, I'm talking goodness. 14, 15, 16-year-old little kids. Obviously not old enough to drive. No, no, wow. they had to be driven down by their parents. And I know that had been my dad. He'd, oh, my oh, goodness, yeah. yes. Oh he'd my. been dead several years. He'd still be beating on me. Yeah. For <laughs> even talking about it, much less driving me down. Well, yeah. that, that sign yeah. wouldn't oh have my. tasted very good, even no. with salt on it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> for sure. Eat it. And where are the dads? Yeah. Honestly, yes, exactly. where where are the dads? Where are the, the people standing up and saying, you know, this, what's happening isn't working? Right. Well, that's I the mean, problem. We have, we have parents that are just allowing things to, mm-hmm. to take place in their homes. They're allowing their children to do that, and you know what are they what are they spreading? What kind of seeds are they are they planting in their children by being so permissive? You know, I was kind of hoping with this pandemic, whether it's fake or it's real or what, people staying home and drive families back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tell kind us of did. tell yeah. us about that, Dan. Tell us about and, the uh, domestic violence. <laughs> yes, yes, it it goes up yeah, during this time. It does, uh, and you guys are seeing that like. Majorly, right? Yes, yeah. we have people staying at home and they can't get along and they fight and we have child abuse, have domestic abuse. Uh, those cases are going up at a time when they should be should I, be going I down. will say when it first hit, the pandemic hit and the big scare came and it was like everybody bunkered down for like a week or two. We had just like a, it was like a ghost town. Yeah. It was a calm before I the storm. It was yeah. like somebody yeah. give us a call, yeah. somebody call in a call for us yeah. so we can go do something. Or not necessarily me, but the guys. That, I mean, they were looking for stuff yeah. to do. I remember the streets in Farmington. Yeah. Like, it was eerie. It was, eerie. Like, it was yeah. like, really eerie. It yeah. puts you in mind of Christmas morning or Christmas Eve mm-hmm. because yeah. it was like a ghost town. But that only lasted for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks, and then then the domestic started, then the the you know, mm-hmm. the, the assault started and. So it, it came back full force. It just it gradually came back, but it came back. It came back. Uh, what about mental health stuff? Are you guys seeing a lot of that? We deal with mental health every day of the week. Did you see? Are you seeing more with everything that's going on? Um, yeah, I would same? say so. I would say we've and and I don't know whether to attribute it to the 
the COVID or to what's going on. But we're getting more and more homeless people in the city of Farmington. And, just um, about that today. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. every day you're dealing with them. And we have some that are locals that we deal with on a daily basis. But it, that goes back to the mental health part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you take them in, you get them evaluated. They either keep them or they don't keep them or they transfer them out to another another town or another hospital, whatever the distance may be. They always end up back. Mm-hmm. They always end up back. But and not that that's bad, but... They need help, and mm-hmm. you know what? What is the answer for mental health? Mental yeah. health. Years ago, they kicked them out of the state hospital. They took away our mm-hmm. acute care center, right. where you could actually walk in, get an evaluation. Right. Uh, they either held the person or the released person, and then they done outpatient, where they actually came in, got their meds, and stayed on their meds. And uh, we lost that years ago under the other governor, uh, previous governor. Mm-hmm. And once we lost that, I mean that was. They put them on the street for police, fire, and EMS to deal with. And that's what we're dealing with. And they talk about, you know, they talk about mental health. They don't talk about all the, problem, all the problems that were caused when they kicked them out of the, out of the hospitals. I mean, now right. we have a forensic hospital over here, and that's all it, that's all it is, is forensics mm-hmm. right. at the state hospital level. So we have to use the local hospitals now for our mental health. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, there's only so many beds that they can give them, yeah. and there's only so many beds available out there that they can ship them to. But, you know, things that are happening between law enforcement and homeless people, a lot of it's got to do with mental health, and people don't look at the, you know, they don't, they don't want to see it. Oh, it's, it's they a, don't want to look at it. Deal. My background is in emergency nursing, so one, of, and we talked about this maybe last week. One of the problems in nursing, and you, I can even say it for myself, is you get so callous of the things that you see. The same drug seeker comes in, the same uh, mental health issue comes in. You, you see, sometimes you see the same people weekly or daily or email like that. So you start getting callous to it. I know that happens to you guys. How do you how do you handle that? It certainly does, and. Yeah. and let me uh, tell you a way that, and Daryl sees this, a way that policemen deal with this is they make jokes, they laugh about it. That's the way we do too. And and yeah. on every profession, yeah. and uh, policemen see some awful uh, people sights. Think, yeah, yeah, people think yeah. we're morbid, but you know what? You have to you have to deal with the stress that you see every day, and some of the stress is, you know, it may be a terrible accident, or it may be a, a death, or something like that, or it could be a, a mental health case that yeah. you've dealt with three times already that morning yeah. and haven't had enough to do anything with. Yeah. But we're not laughing at people. At people, yeah. It's a stress relief. You're making, yeah. You're dealing not, with it. And, and not yeah. really making light of their yeah. predicament, but, you know, if, if, if a police officer kept everything he's seen every day bottled up inside of him, right. I mean, my my biggest relief is to go home, go out and get my tree stand, and that there's no relief like that to right. me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't take my work home to my family. My yeah, wife right. don't hear from me. She's always yelling at me because, why didn't you tell me that happened? Well, mm-hmm. you don't need to know that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I carry that stress myself, and mm-hmm. Dan does the same thing. And mm-hmm. We do see some terrible things, things that nobody else, for the pay, that I mean, not, not to knock the pay, but no, for the pay that we truth. get, nobody else would even do or want to right. do, want to be spit on or right. have urine thrown on your, or, right. or kicked or beat up. Yeah. Uh, just like the conversation you were having when, when I came in here. You don't get paid enough to go out there and get punched no. and kicked yeah. and stand there and hold yeah. the line. Yeah. You know, it's just not there. Nobody else would do it. Yeah. So. And, Chris, that brings up something, I mean, that's crazy. you just saying what you did, where they're saying they're going to have social workers go in and deal with people with, with mental. Mm-hmm. And, and I can see a real, real big problem there because 
I, I came up and I went through the academy in 1985-1986, the Highway Patrol Academy. One thing that they taught us in the Highway Patrol Academy when I went there was you never turn your back on an EDP, and an EDP is an emotionally disturbed person. Oh, yeah. right? No, never. Because <laughs> in a matter of seconds, and I have, I've been attacked, I've been scratched, I've had blood drawn from sure. people who I'm dealing with who was an emotionally disturbed person, in just a split second, you may be talking to them just like me and you're talking mm-hmm. right now, and there's then no the reason. next second, there's mm-hmm. no rhyme or reason yeah. for what they do. They lash out. I had one lash out of me. I got scratched. I, I bled. I mean, I, I got assaulted. And it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. And to send a social worker into a, into a situation with a mentally disturbed person or, or mental, uh, a mental issue, a mental health issue, and knowing that that can change on the color from yellow to red in just a matter of uh, a split second yeah. is, is a, to me is a crazy idea. Yeah. Because if you haven't lived it or seen it, you have you no idea understand. what you're going to walk into. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, you don't believe people no. can do that, but did it? But they can, yeah. and they're doing it in churches now too. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's yeah. not uncommon to hear about no. somebody walking into a church mm-hmm. and and or exactly. turn, whether you know. I believe they probably had it was all premeditated, but but, but there's still something. But there's something, there's there's something wrong. And, yeah. and and without the police to help restrain and because you want to help these people but in those moments you can't talk them off the wall no. it would be very very seldom that you could do that right uh, the chaplain can't hardly uh, do that either you know <laughs> but but there may be a few cases where they can but for the majority of time they're going to send people into situations that we cannot comprehend yeah. you know even if you know in counseling social working whatever go into a violent situation their life is going to be put in Police danger. officers have been counselors for yes. ever. Absolutely. Forever. Yes. yes. That's another thing you learn right off the bat is you learn how to talk to people. You learn how to manipulate people. You know how, you learn how to Absolutely. read people. Absolutely. Exactly. Right off the bat. Body that's language. one of the first things. Yeah, right. that's one of the first things you learn. And and these these people that are getting in these officers' faces, I mean, I was taught to keep a reactionary gap between me and whoever I'm yes. dealing with. Mm-hmm. And that's that's three to six feet. And it has nothing to do with COVID, neither. <laughs> but it's three to six feet because if that person reacts, I have time to react right. to, to their reaction. So, you know, nowadays, just like Dan said earlier, they're nose to nose and their spits hitting you in the face. I actually observed this this morning, this very same thing. But you got to keep that reactionary gap. And uh, people, people who are mentally ill, they need help. Yes. And they, they need do. the right kind of they help. Do. But to send in a counselor, in a situation like that, right, is totally and, absurd, and yeah. I, I don't see, I don't, you know, how the, I don't know how that's going to work, and I can right. foresee a lot of problems yeah. if they they go forward if with they that. go forward with it, yes. and the media reports it properly, which is probably unlikely, right? But I can foresee a lot of problems with that, and a lot of people getting hurt, and a lot of people getting injured. Yeah, Dan, I remember years ago riding with one of our deputies that uh, taught me a lot, but he he learned to use his words instead of his weapon he learned to use his words instead of his his uh body to uh, to deal with people and uh, i mean i you could have labeled him as a psychologist because i was just amazed at the way he could he could deal with people i, I think they almost the, have to be psychologists. Yes, and i know who you're talking about and you know one thing about that guy and i don't mind saying his name is clyde anderson <laughs> <laughs> and he would use what you call verbal judo and talk. <laughs> yeah. And, and Clyde was the kind of guy that would go on a call 
and the people there would call back the next day and say, yeah. hey, Clyde was out here. He was wonderful. He talked to me. He counseled. He prayed with us. Yes. He didn't uh, go out and run down the bad guy and bring my stuff back, my gun that they stole or whatever. But he was wonderful to be here. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I have other officers that don't have that, and you know who some of them are. I do. But they'll find that gun and, and get Grandpa's heirloom gun back to him and uh-huh. and stop, but they don't have that gift of gab. People they, skills, they, I guess. Yes, uh-huh. quiet and Your yes. mind and your mouth are your, are your best weapons when you're out there on the street. Yes, yes. Sure yes. They are. And you can see also, and I believe, you know, over the last few years, you can see where officers uh, are trying more and more, you know, to do that, to be more people-friendly, to, you know, and a lot of great officers don't have the skills, but they've had to develop them. Yes, as they, time. they evolve with, yeah. They do, and because we all, you know, we all have to well, evolve. Well, you don't get that in the academy. No, but they're it's learning that, and... and there's been such good, better rapport in so many areas, and it's been amazing. Yeah. And and then incidents that happen that are tragic, you know, is really really sad. That that the tragic accidents have happened or incidents have happened that has changed so much so quickly, and it's really hasn't changed that quickly. It's just like evil was waiting for such a time as this. Waiting to rear its ugly head. It was. I don't mean to sound super spiritual, uh, but I am a pastor, and I do know there's a spiritual side. There's only two forces in this world. There's the force of evil, and there's, you know, there's it's either God or Satan. Good and evil, yes. And I'm I'm not sure what our audience thinks about that, but I know that Dan and Chris both believe, and they are believers. But, uh, you know, there's 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 good and evil, and it's God and, and Satan. And, and like you said earlier, when you take God out of the classroom mm-hmm. and you take God out of government, you take God, you know, not even wanting to, not even wanting to pledge allegiance, you know, one na- want to get rid of one nation under mm-hmm. God and all this, you know, in God we trust on our coins. Uh, Their evil will prevail uh, when when God is is not invited into the scene, mm-hmm. and I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. And I do believe that one of the uh, uh, cures. For what's going on in our land today is that if the church, according yes. to Second Chronicles seven fourteen, will humble themselves and pray yes. and seek the face of God and turn from their wicked ways, that God will heal here and heal from heaven. You know that's yeah. a that's a yeah. that's a scripture out of the Amen. Word of God, and it's a promise that's uh, mm-hmm. forever settled in heaven. If the church will pray, it doesn't mm-hmm. say that that if the world will pray or if yeah. the unbelievers will pray, but if the church will rise up, and mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to do is raise up prayer warriors to to pray for our country and to yes. pray for our politicians. And you know, Dan, I pray, I pray constantly. If there's a uh, if there's a, a a man in our offices that is is not serving God, and they don't want to serve God, or at least follow Bible principles, at least try to, you know, do the the things that are scripturally right. God remove them and replace them with God-fearing men and women. Mm-hmm. Not that not that all Christians have all wisdom, but if they will just learn to uh, follow Bible principles, I think our nation will succeed. Yes. And that's what that's what our nation was birthed on. Yes. And, and and people that love our nation, uh, you know, uh, the haters of our nation. How come they're getting such a voice? 
you know that is that's amazing to just, me. Just like Chris said earlier, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and that's and they're the only ones squeaking right now. Nobody else is, and yeah. that's true. Nobody's speaking up. Nobody's speaking up from the other side. And we've got to stop. Yeah, we got to stop yeah. the squeaking. You know, we get we've got to our voices have got to be louder than what they've been because you know it's hard for us. Uh, me to comprehend because Daryl and I have been able to travel to many countries around the world now and, and we've been to so many communist countries we've been to those that have socialist been, countries yes yes yeah. and so it's not okay no it's not okay <laughs> we do not want that and no. you know I had someone just recently say well what's so wrong with socialism as long as it's not communism it's never worked and, ever and it's like you know and they try to use examples but but they're not digging deep enough to yeah. go find out what's really behind. Maybe they need to take a trip. Maybe yeah. they need to, to take Venezuela a few trips. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and they would see, uh, you know, the rights that we have and the freedoms we have in this country. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to come here. I know. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and the freedom that, the, and that's the thing they don't understand is, their freedom to stand out there and speak what they feel or yes. scream or yell or whatever yeah. bullhorn or whatever they feel like saying or their their, their beliefs that wasn't that's, that wasn't get, people paid li their lives Absolutely. they gave their lives for that oh so that they goodness. could actually do that and we could have the country that we have and you can't do that in a lot of countries there's no, no way can't. they no could come and protest and oh you, can't, you can't say anything about the president oh no you can't you, you can't no. even take a picture of his photo on the wall in there goodness right. no right and so, I mean, you're, you're right, Chris. They're coming in and they're having that freedom to do so. And they think that they still have that freedom to tear up whatever they want, right. burn down somebody's livelihood, and that they shouldn't have to face. That's where their freedom of speech should end. When your freedom of speech infringes on my freedom of, yes. of my right to own a business or my right to, to walk down the street without being pummeled or my right to walk or yes. drive down the street without being attacked or whatever. That's where your freedom of speech should end. And they've, freedom of speech mm -hmm. has gone beyond freedom of speech. Yes. It's freedom of action now. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, this is, you know, it's not a black and white thing. It's it a left and not. right thing. It that, is that's exactly what it is. And, and. Absolutely. That, it, it just don't, it, to me, it just don't make sense anymore. I just can't comprehend. Doesn't. I can't put myself in one of their bodies or one of their minds and then say, Okay, this is what I want to do today. This is what I want to lash out against today. I want to lash out against the police. Or I want to lash out against government. You know, uh, I mean, I just I, I don't get it. No. I don't get How it. does the working man even have time to do that? We don't. We don't. That's, that's exactly majority. right. Yeah, that's their we're working. <laughs> that's exactly right. We're working. Yeah. Right. And but there's a tremendous amount of jobs after every store you go by, hiring on, oh, on the yes. front of the building. Yeah. If uh, people wanted to work. It works out there for them. It is. Uh, the minimum wage keeps going up. So they ought to make a pretty good absolutely. living. Absolutely. Yes, yep, I agree. Yeah. A lot of lost souls that don't know what they're out there, what they're standing for. They don't they, know what they're seeking. They have no idea what I it said, is. A lot of them just want to fit in. They yes. want to fit in. And I've, and I've seen that. Absolutely. Actually, you know. yeah. Absolutely. That's one of the things that we have talked about and ministered to. We've been doing, we're go going into our seventh week on building strong families. And we started it in the pandemic because what a what a time to do it you know right. when families were close together and and trying to build stronger families and and i i think you know you guys have said that you know right here that that's where the breakdown is that it's in the families you know sheriff you wouldn't have gotten by with none of us would have gotten by with no. the things that are happening and we wouldn't let our children and and our grandchildren if we could keep from it we'd thump them right. today for it 
but the fathers and the mothers out there that that can get hold of the ear of their child and, and pull them out of something just isn't you know today it's not permitted. It's just not there, and, and sitting around the table like we are uh, at our house, if you didn't come at supper time, you didn't get to eat. No. Oh, and yeah. there was eight of us, and you left. Two yeah. strays, and you may get a. A uh, fork in your hand while he's reaching for the last piece of chicken if he mm-hmm. wasn't careful. And you sat at the table and you talked about the day. I mean, there yes. was all kinds of conversation that went on. Yes, and sometimes you got uh, a good whipping, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some, you a lot of truth got, come out. You have to have a black sheep in the family, and that was kind of me most of the time. <laughs> I wouldn't conform. <laughs> you, you and I were raised, and, and I'm sure Chris was raised, you know, by very strict parents and... Uh, who today would be labeled as child abusers, but uh, yes. by, by today's standards. But we did know what we were allowed to do and what we were not allowed we to do. We did know. We yeah. knew yeah. We yeah. knew the difference in black and white. We, yeah, we knew did. the difference, that, like you said, right and wrong. Yeah, yeah we boundaries. Yeah. We, we, we had boundaries. boundaries. And, and kids yeah. want boundaries. Whether the parents realize it or not, You're kids so want right. boundaries. And one of the things that I've heard you say and I've heard other sheriffs say in videos is you care about people's rights and a lot of sheriffs do care about people's rights you're not trying to take their rights you're trying to keep order within the rights that we have and and protect it from people trying to take our rights or us trying to take just like with the protest we weren't there just to protect one side we were there to protect both sides we were there they were we were protecting the people who were protesting just as much as we were protecting people maybe more so more so especially in this area exactly yeah and i think park hills was a testament to that last week yes so we're not we're not there to you know they say well how come you all stood over there in a group by yourselves because that's what we do we're cops okay that's what we do we stand with other cops and uh you know if friends come up and talk to us and friends come up well and they're talk your to friends us, yeah they're our friends <laughs> i stand with my co-workers yeah, and talk to exactly. them exactly yeah. so we were there to protect them just as much as we were anybody else and you know they probably don't see it that way they probably like oh they're on that side so you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're against us. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. against us. So, but that's not the case. And everybody has rights. And yeah, and I think you you just said something really good there because there's so much po- uh, finger pointing, and when when there could be less finger pointing and more love than there is hate, and and come to the place where and I don't know what's going to cause it to do that, but we're definitely praying that it happens that people begin to take an introspect of of themselves. And those that are out there, you know, if there is no law and order, they will never sit somewhere and think about the damage that they're doing. And so, you know, our prayer and our hope is that people will begin to realize that there's something better than what's happening in their lives right now. I was was the youngest of all of us, so... I probably didn't get. You as said much it was. Uh, I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the discipline the rest of them got probably, but you know what? All I had to do was see what I was looking forward to, uh, and that's all it took for me. In most yeah. cases, although I did get in some trouble. Uh, that's the example I was saying I set for him. Yeah. I took a good beating <laughs> so he could see how not to act. How not to I did that for my siblings, too. That's probably true. And, uh, uh, yeah, the oldest gets I was, it. I was taught to respect my elders. I was I was yes. taught to respect mm-hmm. law enforcement. I did. I couldn't do anything as a kid because I had Dan, Jibo, and Tim were all in law enforcement at one time, and I was not. So I couldn't go out and do anything. I, I couldn't go out and get caught doing anything wrong. Because it would be back to my dad before I ever got home. Uh-huh. 
and, and what so many people don't realize in the world today and probably the cause of a lot of things that happened recently with the George Floyd and what have you, if you don't like how, if you get stopped by a police officer and you don't like how he's treating you, the, the, that location and time is not the time to take care of that problem. That problem can be handled later, That's administratively or good. whatever. There's no sense in trying to buck the system or, or make your point right there on the spot, and I've witnessed this today, but you, you don't do it right there. You do it at a later time. You, you take your medicine, you contact the administration, chief, lieutenant, sergeant, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be, sheriff, and then you take care of the problem there through a complaint. That's good. There's That's good no advice. reason all this could be avoided if people still respected law enforcement, if people still done what they were told when they were told to do it. Now there's some things that if I told you to go stand out in the middle of the highway in, in, in pitch black and just wait till I come out there and talk to you and get you a ticket, that would be unreasonable. Mm -hmm. But if it's a reasonable request, stay in your car, don't move, I'll be back up here in just a few minutes, keep your hands on the steering wheel, or whatever the case may be, yeah, you know, depending good. on the circumstances. But to take care of it right there, try to take care of it right there, is not the time and place because the result is exactly what you see happening out on the so street good. nowadays. So good. Well, thank so. you. Maybe, thank you guys maybe so next, much. in the next session we can talk a little bit yes. about how to respond when you're pulled over. Because yes. a lot of people That's don't really know, really good. you know, do I keep my hands on the wheel? What mm -hmm. if I have a, a weapon in the car? You know, what what should I do? And Absolutely. maybe in the next session we can talk about Absolutely. that. Uh, I'd just like to say one more thing about our sheriff. Uh, he is a He's a very... A personal sheriff, but he's also a very no-nonsense sheriff. Mm -hmm. He he doesn't put up with a, a bunch of politically correctness. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he's just the kind of guy that if, if he you, what you see is what you get. Well, maybe and, we'll talk about that when we get back then, and we'll start it off with that because we have asked uh, both of our guests today, Chris and, and Dan. Uh, to uh, stay with us and because there's so much that we we want to take advantage of you being at the table <laughs> and uh, we're going to close down part one and then we're going to have part two because listeners I know that you want to hear more from these two gentlemen and uh, we're so thankful that you are here uh, I'm going to ask Chris to <clears throat> excuse me to pray over this podcast and uh, we will go from there Heavenly Father, we just come before you in Jesus' name for our listeners and just thank you for um, the wisdom that you are imparting, God, that we can um, be knowledgeable, God, and hear every side of everything, that we can be wise and to look past um, anything that we're being fed, God, that we can uh, see the truth, God, and that we just ask that you um, help us to teach our children to respect the people there in leadership over us and, and do question but do it correctly, God and that you will just give that wisdom and pour it out on our nation, God, because we need it, Lord. And, and we just thank you um, for the officers um, we have here and in and, and our town and our nation, God, that you just protect them. Lord, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Until the next time, at the table with Darling, may the peace of God rule your heart and your lives.